Welcome to the Freedom Frontline Podcast. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, completely unfiltered, and completely uncensored. Today's guest is a friend of mine named Amanda Forbes. She is the mother of a child who has been vax injured and has tons of experience in this arena in which I pick her brain about entirely. She is also somebody that is involved in the fight for your freedoms and making sure that our children can experience their childhoods the way that they should with her initiatives for children's health defense. If this is something that you guys would like to listen to, then stay tuned. Here we go. How are you doing? Oh, you know, living the dream these days. Right? That's, right? that's it. So I guess uh, I guess we'll start with uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and what kind of brought you into um, this insane battle that we're going through right now. You know, it's funny. I always knew we were going to be in this battle. Um, I heard the tinfoil hat screamers and wearers start, start uh, many, many, many years ago and I was the eye roller and, you know, the, yep. hey, kooky, get out of here, kind of. I was the jerk. I was the jerk. I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, in, in before 2014 is when it kind of triggered in me, I think. Um, just little signs, little red flags, little, hmm, I don't know. And then, you know, my youngest was born. And at this point, I think we had already, I had already personally in my small circle had two, one, one moderately severe um, vaccine injury. One of my friend's sons developed seizures immediately after a DTAP. Hmm. Um, and, you know, a family member that's very close to me as well, um, one pretty, one, one died, <laughs> one died. Wow. Now, here's where divine intervention picks up, okay? Because the mailman that was coming up the driveway when the 911 call came in was the volunteer firefighter that no way. got the call. It is the only reason that child is alive today. Wow. Very close family member to me. Anyways, um, fast forward to 2014 and my daughter was born and, um, you know, you're still on guard. You're watching all of these things take place. I have, I come from a science background, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's nothing new to pick up a, a medical book and, and read things that are going on and, yeah understand a lot of the indoctrination that occurs i mean i've heard it firsthand um so she's born and i'm a little on edge and i take i take my time with the first set of routine well baby visits right 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 um, so i think to make myself feel better i pushed it off for four weeks 
So we go in and we get the whole first round and whatnot. We get home and this child, okay, this child went from quiet, sleeping, you know, cheery little baby, like as a, as a parent would know their infant. Yeah, right. Right? To knees up in pain, never stopping screaming ever again. Like, and I'm telling you this kid screamed for three years straight. She stopped sleeping altogether. She stopped letting anyone else hold her. It was, it was awful. The only thing that would ever just calm her was breastfeeding. Mm. So that went on for a long time. I was not ready for that. That, that sent me into a tailspin um, immediately because it was such an immediate reaction. Um, I knew it was her gut. I knew it had, it could be genetic with an MTHFR gene mutation, which doesn't allow them to detox um, some of the components in these vaccines very quickly. Um, she had some of the signs, you know, cause hindsight's always 2020, the signs with, you know, the, the sugar bug vein and the dimple in the back and stuff like that. Um, so like I said, my red flags went up really quickly and it's so hard to explain to other people because I'm trying to jam in years. Yeah. Right. right. In this much time, you know, and all I feel is the fear and the panic and the anger and the guilt and everything all at once. Um, so you would think that was enough to, for me to pull the plug on that. Right. But it wasn't, right. um, I went back at it again. I went back probably at six months for her second round. So I think DTAPs are two, four, and six months. Um, and normally, conveniently, they all, that, that time frame coincides with the high SIDS rates. Yeah. Right? Now, j just a quick question. Yeah. So in, in the beginning with the, the first shot that uh, the child had gotten and then was experiencing all of this, now when you obviously at some point with all this completely changing, right? Like your whole world's coming crumbling down, uh, the, the kids changing completely. Now, obviously you had called the doctor at some point and said, look, like it, what's, what's going on. What was their response to you? We went back, we went back many times and I, you know, I think it was weekly almost. And they told me it was heartburn. It was wow. heartburn. And then they told me, well, you know, th there's, Crohn's and colitis on the other side of the family. So, you know, maybe that's just genetic and blah, blah, blah. So then they gave me, um, I can't even remember the name of it. Rohyp, not Rohypno. Um, it, it was some liquid. It starts with an R, but it's right. for um, heartburn and influx and, and whatnot. And here I am pumping my kid full of it, right? And I, right. at some point I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> like take her to a bloody naturopath. This is an right. infant, you know? So this is kind of where I'm on the verge of totally and completely bowing down to the allopathic system. Mm. And just, I know about the naturopathic system. I believe in the naturopathic system for certain things, but you know, this is my kid, right? Yeah. Who am I going to trust? Safe and effective over here. I know. Third leading cause of death over here. 
or the naturopathic way where these guys got all their goods from initially. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we gave it a shot. We went and it was fine. I took that kid back in for her second round at six months and she stopped looking at us completely. She started looking straight up at the ceiling and would not make eye contact with any of us. And again, she wouldn't let anyone else hold her other than myself. If I did put her in someone else's hands, the child screamed and screamed and screamed. And it, it's not a normal baby cry. It's like a screech, like, like a squeal almost. It is worse than nails on a chalkboard. And there's, yeah. and everybody's doing this. Like, you know how when you're a parent, you're, you're instinctively in tuned to just yeah, of cringe course. when you're a kid. This wasn't that. This this was a kid in so much pain, like from the head to the gut to whatever. Anyways, <sighs> this happened and that was the end for me. That was it. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to start. I mean, I opened a book. I found Vaccine Choice Canada. Um, and from there, I detoxed myself. Heavy metal detox, the hip like right because she's just breastfeeding at this point Mm -hmm. started off with that and um you know the detox baths and my food and when we started getting her to eat it was her food but this went on for three years completely yeah anyways i'm happy to report she's uh fantastic now we put on an organic diet we took out all the dairy and the sugar and yeah you know and she's fine so how long did it take till you started noticing any anything starting to trend upward? Because I know that, you know, the, the children just don't have the ability to, to really detox anything from these vaccinations until they're around two and their gallbladder forms. Right. So right. At, at, yeah. what, at what point did you start noticing? OK, so things are starting to kind of look onward and upward. Was there any permanent damage? Was there. In all honesty, I don't think there was permanent damage. I Luckily. stopped before we were right while we were ahead. Um, and it's funny and we can circle back to another cause hindsight's 2020. And I can talk to you a little bit about my oldest now, now that yeah, I've put let's do it. Let's together. go through it all. Absolutely. But uh, this one, we ended up moving and we moved out to the farm and, you know, we took out all the chemicals and mm-hmm. the laundry and the foods and it was all organic and it was, you know, um, no sugars, no dairies, all that kind of stuff. And I would say by the time she was three, just maybe, maybe almost four at this point, because she was really quiet. And I know she didn't talk at all till she was almost four years old. But once she hit four years old, it was on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) I, I can't get that kid to zip it now. Like it's constant. And, and just, she's one of the most brilliant children, comprehensively brilliant children, you know, there's common sense there. So when we, we actually look at around us and, and it's terrible, I know, but you compare when you know what, you know, you're always looking, you know, absolutely. We, there's huge differences, massive differences, just the common sense alone. I remember with our other two, it took us forever just to get them to stop and look both ways before they crossed the road. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you could die. Mm-hmm. Stop. <laughs> and 
they're still running. Like there's no concept there. This one is like, mommy, you stop here. You yeah. need to look both ways because this car, this car could hurt you. Like just little things, but it's, it's a big thing at the same time, because I remember when we were kids, that level of comprehension, it was there. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And you can look in like the Amish communities. If you ever have a, a chance to watch them. I mean, yes. first of all, try to find a, a kid with autism in, in an Amish very community. Rare. It, it's so rare that it might as well not exist. And and these kids are all very aware. You watch their their motor skills, their fine motor skills. And these kids are super young and have the ability to just the way they function just isn't normal. And you know, on the lines of this, I mean, my son, um, you know, now knowing what I know about vaccinations, um, I don't know if his asthma is is what they say it was, or I actually personally think that it's from vaccinations because he was fine. And then out of nowhere, his lungs just did like the ultimate shutdown. Yep. So um, obviously now it's like you're not putting anything near this boy ever again um, because he's finally, you know, has the ability to, you know, catch cold, kick it. Because um, all that was happening too is like they're just giving him, you know, antibiotics every single time he catches a cold. And what's that doing, right? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely just... Yep nerfing your entire immune system and then you know we have to give him all of these probiotics and try to build up his gut again and you know diversify his flora and it's just you feel bad right like you look back at it and you're like fuck like how could I have been so blind right like I didn't even bother I didn't even bother and and that's it but (laughs) there's there's a point too where you need to understand that it's not you it's the the medical system. And, and if, if you really want to, you know, dissect that, just ask any doctor pre-shot, you know, ask them about the, the package insert. They have no idea Mm-mm. what they're and giving they to you. will not give it to you anymore. You yeah. are lucky if you get your hands on an actual package insert. A hundred percent. So, so it's one of those things that's like, I, I just can't make sense of why they don't actually give you the details as to, you know, what's in these things. I mean, if you wanted to give some, like anybody anything, like I, the idea initially of a vaccination was to give you either, uh, you know, a, a dead part of a virus or just a dead virus, you know, suspended in a little bit of saline and then give it to you and then your body will develop a response. Well, why do you need all of these micrograms of aluminum and like, you know, in the flu vaccines, even that they, they give you the flu shots, they're giving you mercury and saying, oh, there's a safe level. Like that's the most toxic substance known to man. Mm-hmm. Like zero is the acceptable level. And, and then level. why is the safe, the safe limit? Why, why does it way exceed that limit in a, in a vaccine? I always feel like I have to say quack scene here because I feel like I'm going to be censored. <laughs> no, no, not on this podcast. <laughs> Completely raw, unfiltered, uncensored all day Perfect. long. So, right? um, yeah, I mean, so, so how do you think we can kind of, um, you know, turn this game around with the vaccines? Because we're starting to hear more and more that like, you know, the, the CDC tried to force a vaccine on people. And then all it did was, you know, taught a ton of people. They basically exposed themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They were like, well, this thing is completely unsafe. And people said, wait, well, what, what about the other ones then? Mm-hmm. Right. They kind of, they nuked their own operation, which I think is absolutely hilarious. So and you, these are the times we live in. Yeah. Right? The yeah. darkness is exposing itself. The time of the bullshit and the lies is over. Yeah. Like, 
it's done. People are waking up and paying attention to their intuition and their knowing, and they are moving forward without the system or the matrix, if you will, right? Like these three letter um, agencies own patents. They all own patents to the vaccine. So that makes them a manufacturer, mm-hmm. not a safety anything. So where the hell are people, you know, where do we go from here? You want to start with trust with anybody in the public. You better be 100% liable for your freaking product at this point. Yeah. You want to own it? Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Right? No, I agree. I agree. I mean, if you have so much faith in it, then why not slap a little liability on there? If you have so much faith that this is absolutely safe. And, and I think the, the confusing part for me with these jabs that they have now is if you look at it, there's, there's like a male dose and a female dose. And why does the female dose have like, you know, it, it doesn't like you're, you're quite literally sterilizing the female with, I believe it's growth hormone that, that they're hitting them with. And it's, it's terrifying. Like that will instantly sterilize a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that like only men can take it. It's still not safe. And then after that, I really need to start doing some post-psychotherapy in order to hopefully pray that my, you know, natural sperm production will come back. So, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're absolutely just hitting women with this and, and not only that, but, but pregnant women. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know. Yeah. I know that you understand that this is like a, it's, it has to be like a depopulation kind of thing because n- nobody with half of a brain w- would think any different, but why do you think it was so easy for people to just kind of fall into the trap? Because it's something they need to believe in. They need to have a tool to feel invincible instead of relying on themselves or finger pointing at themselves when shit goes sideways instead of saying, oops, sorry, did I do that? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, no, they told me it's them. Yeah. It's their fault. Meanwhile, or no, they didn't tell me. So no, that's not true. And no, that didn't happen. And I'm just going to keep on doing this until my kid's completely gone or dead or dead. But then it still couldn't be that because, you know, if it looks like a bee, it flies like a bee. It stings like a bee. It's the damn bee. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, how do you feel about the current state of Canada? I mean, <laughs> right. I, I know it, it is. <laughs> it is. Comical. I love you. I it, it is. It is comical. But I mean, it's, it's a good thing to discuss. Um, just with everything that has happened, man, like I've never seen a country be so easy to mow over. Like we, we are right now the laughing stock of the fucking spinning rock we call Earth. Yeah, we are the globalist central hub of this entire world right now. And you know who's dangling us around like this? It's China. Mm-hmm. It's China. And Trudeau... Hmm. I like there are so many layers to this that it's hard to kind of focus into one direction but at the same time it's also clear and evident of what's going on that it it can't be the way 
I'm thinking it is, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, no, I get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, okay, you've lost because we see it. And we're going to keep fighting censorship or no censorship. You can keep trying to take us down. We're going to find ways to come back harder. It doesn't matter what you do. You take the internet away. I'm going to find a goddamn truck and I'm going to post it on a truck and drive it across this country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There, you cannot shut the truth down. And the more you try to shut the truth down and disguise it as anti-hate groups or domestic terrorism or whatever the hell they want to call it today, I got news for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We will not rest until we, the people, have our freaking country back and our rights are reinstated and we call the freaking shots. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. As a mother, if you think I'm leaving this bullshit to my kids to deal with, you are out of your goddamn mind. Yeah. And, and fortunately, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm super grateful that the, you know, the, the women stood up first and foremost, because I think, um, you know, just as well as I do that, you know, they have basically erased masculinity in almost every shape and form. And then, you know, the ones like myself who have always been so-called, you know, toxic, but mind you, I want, I want to actually, you know, Jen Saki this for a second and circle back. Um, (laughs) so I stopped getting vaccinated, um, as a child, I actually didn't even in the seventh grade, I, um, I never got the hepatitis C vaccine, um, for whatever reason. And, you know, my doctor has been calling me nonstop for the last, how many years, like you are due for tetanus, you are due for booster. And I have always said, eh, you know, I don't really like needles. So no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Right. Mm-hmm. And then funny enough, right. It, all of a sudden I find myself in the position that I'm in and, and speaking out and, you know, teaching, you know, uh, especially like my son how to be a boy, right? Like I have no interest in you being a little fucking star child. I, I really don't know. You're going to be a boy because there's two genders. I make this very clear right now. There's two genders. There are boys and girls and one race. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about, uh, you know, the masculinity thing other than that. They knew that if they could take that out and give men things to kind of suspend themselves with, because what are the things that stayed with us with through this pandemic? Right. You still had your sports. You still had your TV. You still had your weed, your alcohol and your porn. Yep. And men are very, very simple, dumb creatures. Mm-hmm. Right. We are not complicated. <laughs> we are pretty stupid and pretty easy. Right. But I think, you know, without the women stepping up, I seriously think we would have gotten just straight up bulldozed and and there would have been nothing left of us. It was actually, you know, when I seen it took me a minute to kind of sit back and be like, well, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are all these women freaking out online? Right. And like while I've been, you know, a a, a conspiracy theorist since 16, it's (laughs) one of those things that's like, well, like, I kind of know this is bullshit, but you know, what are they freaking out about? Yep. And then I started hearing about the moms like, no, no, like the Charter of Rights is getting violated. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, shit. Like, I guess it is, isn't it? Like, of course, it's not about a virus. Yeah. Right? And and moms like me, and, and I hate to say it because it, do, it does sound 
conspiracy like it, moms like me have known this was coming since our eyes were woken right like since we opened our eyes because it's one of the first holes you go down as a parent with a vaccine injured child it just is right you start learning how these these um, three-letter agencies interact with each other and how they lobby the government and how they interact with other entities like um, education systems and you know universities and the whole nine yards but then it goes on to well now we're getting into the un now we're getting into the world economic forum now we're getting into agenda 2020 which look what happened in 2020 but we're moving on to buffer for agenda 2030 which involves the world economic forum and the the sustainability goals right? We knew this was coming. We didn't know what was coming, but as soon as it hit and we, we knew immediately 2020, this is it. This is all bullshit. And everybody should have known, like, look at the propaganda from China. Did you see that anywhere here? Anywhere? No. Did you see anybody drop in the street here? Like they were there? No. Was anybody wearing those flipping weirdo suits? No, no. And we're throwing masks in the garbage. So really, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was as contagious as they said, and that was the first thing, right, was this. When we go to the store, right, everybody's wiping shit down. But the parking lot is full of masks on the ground. I'm like, well, being somebody who, you know, is covered in tattoos I know when my artist is done and something is, you know, put into my skin and, you know, contacts with any sort of bodily fluid, it goes into a Sharpie container, right? Like it, why are, why is there not like biohazard bins? And you know, the, like when you walk in the first door of Walmart and then there's like, there's like a two stage door, there's the one from the (laughs) outside and then the one. And so why isn't that area like a sanitization station, right? Like, why are they not blasting you and spraying you down and, you know, constantly taking temperatures. Like it was just kind of like nothing is being taken seriously enough. And then when I started looking around and saying, well, I don't want to compare it to the, you know, the Spanish flu because there's a whole lot of bullshit there too. But um, at mm-hmm. least, at least at that time when they named something a flu, people were legitimately burying their family members in their backyards because there weren't, there wasn't enough space in the right. cemeteries. Right. But it's yeah. like, but what, why is nothing that the TV saying the same as what I'm seeing with my own eyeballs? Exactly. Right. And it happened like right on flu season. And I'm like, huh. Mm-hmm. And so, then we lost the flu. We magically cured it. It's yeah, gone. That one's funny. So, so the flu is gone. Because the measles you're wearing was gone masks. this year too. The me- Did you notice that? There was yeah. no panic attack for the freaking measles that can kill you in September because Yeah. It's it's there's so no neat measles too. during COVID. It's funny. There, there's nothing <laughs> else, right? Everything else just went into hiding. And you know, this mm-hmm. this so-called, you know, deadly disease that has been around for you know fucking 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I try to remind people, right? Like, look, if it was as bad as they say it is, and they came up with the so-called vaccine, right? Don't you think 
that for one, the elites would not be outside of their house doing interviews on podiums. Mm -hmm. Do you think that multi-million dollar athletes would be in a court or ice or a field all up in each other's shit, right? Sweating on each other. What and and they they'd be okay. Like, guys, if there was something out there that was for as real as they say it is, you wouldn't leave your house. Exactly. Right? And it would be. Well, well, first, I think this is the one that really got me at first. It was uh, stay inside. And I said, well, no, I mean, every respiratory virus that's been out there, like as soon as it comes in contact with UV, mm-hmm. it's gone. I should be yep. outside. Right. But mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Don't worry. You guys are all in Toronto. You're all living in condos. There's no HEPA filters or anything. So let me let me just make sure that you guys are breathing in the same air. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this, is, <laughs> this is not right at all right no, it's not and then it was oops oh no no go outside and then yeah. a couple months later was uh now nah, go back inside again and it's like mm-hmm. okay this is not a virus this is communism right mm-hmm. this is exactly how they're moving us from soft socialism that we've been forever into full-blown communism so at what point for you did you start saying okay now it's just time to fight back because this has gone too far um i would say you know what and i'll even go out on a limb and tell y'all that I stayed home to appease some family members. I did. I did it. Yeah, sure. Um, March and April, I think I did it. And, and by May, I was like, you know what? Because I said to my husband, we were, we as soon as they locked down, we were in Kentucky. And uh, I mean, it was March break. I'm like, well, bye. Peace out. Yeah. Um, then they started shutting everything down in the States and they were like, come home, Canadians come home. I'm like, we're not going home. We're not going home. We're never going to get back here. If we go home. And she, my husband's like, Oh, just stop it. Stop it. You're being over dramatic again. Right. I'm like, am I, am I? And then they started on with this two weeks to flatten the curve crap and whatever else. And I kept saying to him on the way, I said, it's not two weeks we're going to be here for at least a year. You mark my words, six months to a year. He's like, is that why my basement's filled with food and water? (laughs) I said, you're going to be glad it is. Mm. And sure enough, sure enough, toilet paper galore. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, that's just a side note. Like my husband, yeah, my husband is a believer, but he's, he's more of a cautious believer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing oh. wrong with, um, no. you know, there's just, uh, how do I explain this in a way that makes sense? There's it's a lot of people journey. out there that that want to, you, you know, they, there's a part of their brain that understands what's going on, but almost doesn't, like it's it's protecting them from severe trauma and 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 depression and anxiety and you know the complete mental downfall of oneself right so there's like a protective mechanism in your brain that's like okay i care about my wife she knows what's going on i kind of know what's going on so let's just kind of leave it at that and dig no further some people are just content being right there and that's fine and he is he is he's like i trust what you do. I, I know, you know, I, I watch you research. I know you spend all your time in books and, you know, in documentaries and all kinds of stuff and you weigh both sides. And that's all I want to do. 
I'm going to be fair to both sides, but guess, guess which way is winning when you're censoring so much information from scholars and scientists and, oh my gosh, you know, which way would you lean? Really everybody, everybody that says this is bullshit is a quack. Really? You just gave the guy a Nobel prize last year. Right. And look at uh, Dr. Zenko, his coronavirus protocol. They nominated him for a freaking Nobel prize. Well, look at, look at Dr. Carrie Madej. Like, she right? was teaching physicians up until she disagreed. And then all of a sudden, oh, she's, she needs to get canceled. And, and Dr. Carrie Madej sat in one of these um, leaders meetings yeah. about the vaccine, specifically the mRNA yeah. vaccine, specifically. And her, her, <laughs> the other doctors looked at her and said, it's either them or us. Are you kidding me? When I did that interview with her, I felt my heart sink. Mm. Like just, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. The, the personification of your patients is gone. And you know who did that? The government did that mm. with incentives and money and pharma. Sorry, I don't, I'm not, not going to blame pharma because it's a mob. Yeah. It really is. All of the three letter agencies are mobs run by you know, the higher up elites that we all have come to know so well in the last yeah. year. Yeah. And I think it's really funny too, because I remember being, I was probably about 17 and uh, we used to have this routine in our house, um, you know, where we would eat dinner and then uh, me and my sister would clear the table and then one would wash the dishes, one would dry the dishes and my mom would kind of just sit at the table and we would just kind of have this little like conversation time. And I remember looking at her one day drying dishes and I was kind of quiet. She was asking me, you know, like, what's wrong? And I was like, you know, I think really soon there's going to be a new world order. And I remember my dad just kind of like, dude, not in your lifetime. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I remember a couple of years after that, my mom, uh, she sends me a text message with a picture of the cover of the newspaper, like, you know, talking about the new world order. And she's kind of like what's going on here? Like, what are you, what are you researching? And it's like, ah, don't worry about it. Because at like 19, I had contemplated, you know, kind of getting rid of myself because it was, you, you start kind of seeing things for what they are. And you're like, wow, like, I don't want to fucking be here. Like, yeah, the fuck I'm out of my element. Sucks. But it was only like, it wasn't one of those like, oh my God, I just want to off myself. It was just kind of like, let me gather myself. Let me let me kind of find my bearings and settle with this because there's a lot of people that know a lot more than I do and they're fine. Right. So I kind of honestly gave it a rest for like five years or so. And then once I became mentally sound, it was like, all right, let's, let's pick up the boxing gloves now. Right. Like I'm good. Like let's start going. And we're all kind of waiting for this and we kind of knew something like this would come, Mm -hmm. but I want to actually in the last five minutes, talk to you about, uh, I want to pick your brain about the state of mental health of particularly children going through all this. And the reason it hits me so hard is because, again, at a young age, when I started reading into all this, it affected me that much. So I can only imagine what it's like for like a seven year old at this point in time. What do you see kind of happening and, and how do you think we can kind of. I don't want to say shelter. Is that the right word? Because you yeah, almost they're all want... being sheltered a little bit. Yeah. So so what do you think we should do and like how do we address the situation with these poor kids right now oh 
oh boy, it's such a sad state of affairs with these kids. I mean, these kids have paid the ultimate price with their life in their lifetime. You know what I mean? There's so many that have just disappeared from school in general, like online, in person, whatever. They can't, they can't be located within the school system and whatever, but not whatever in that regard, but I just mean the school system can't find them. Uh, I'm sure they're fine. I hope they're fine, dear God. But, um, you know, I, I've tried the different approach with ours. We've never really fallen into the whole COVID thing. My kids know to research. They know. I mean, even my six-year-old knows, you know. Um, we live in the country. So we strive for normalcy regardless. We're outside, we're in nature. We are, you know, their friends are over, our families are over, that kind of stuff. So nothing's really changed. And even my oldest, like she, she works in a restaurant. So she, she gets the interaction, which is very important. Um, but for those poor kids that are just, they're just so hopeless and, and lonely and alone. And I mean, I'm sure their parents are working and they don't know how to deal with it. We've gotten so far out of our element and just, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I really don't. My heart breaks. Um, there is help out there. Children's health defense can't speaking of children, <laughs> Children's Health Defense Canada um, is up and running now, and we're trying to put as many resources as we can on the website. Um, you'll find that at childrenshealthdefense.ca. Um, we are going in with the education case. We have filed um, a case. Rocco is representing the parents of these school children who have been bullied by adults, adults in the schools, you know, and some of these kids are so traumatized by the way these adults have been acting which basically they're children in an adult body that have their own issues do you know what i mean i uh, some of the things i've seen and heard would rip your heart right out and i think that's where i struggle with the words because my brain doesn't ever stop i'm constantly constantly looking for ways to help these kids and at the same time trying to remind myself that you know it's freedom of choice it's it has to be freedom of choice it has to be right my journey is so much different than your journey and it's so much different from someone else's journey and how they were raised and how they were brought up and their fears and their their love aspects stuff like that and i just thank god every day that nothing bad happened to my children i i got to it in time you know i'm blessed and i can push them forward to become the next generation of warriors where need be and I pray to God they don't need to be I hope this is ended here and now and I really feel like we're in that time and I was born for this awesome that I've was never uh, felt like I belong anywhere I belong here and I'm gonna finish powerful shit it. right there that's uh <laughs> that is one hell of a way to uh to end that um 
Yeah, I don't even have much for you. That's a that's a straight up fucking mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of meat behind it. It's just a lot of knowing and a lot of Absolutely. heart and a lot of it's not ending like this. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to pick this up again soon. Uh, let's give it another couple of weeks because, oh, my God, yes. the world is changing so rapidly in a week's time. Right. But um, thank you again for taking the time out to come on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was yeah. fun. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Frontline podcast. You can reach me on Instagram at fr33domfr0ntline. That's Freedom Frontline on Instagram. You can also follow what Amanda's initiative is with the Children's Health Defense at Children's Health Defense on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, this is the Freedom Frontline podcast.